Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. It's Julie here. I'm the co-founder and owner of A Natural Shift along with my sister, Carrie. We believe in a holistic approach to health and in caring for the one body that God gave us through real foods, daily movement, and natural tools like simple oils. We started this podcast because we believe that it's really in those daily habits that the real progress and lasting change happens. Here's what you can expect. Each week on Wednesday, we'll bring you a topic, a concept, or an inspiring interview. Some weeks, we will also be sharing a Monday mini episode, all with the intention of helping you take the upgrade and become the best version of yourself. So speaking of taking the upgrade, one of the ways that I love to take the upgrade every single day is to make sure that I have a well-set plan for dinner. Because especially as women, that can create a lot of stress, overwhelm. It all falls back on us with, hey, what are we having for dinner, right? So I wanted to tell you guys about uh, resources that we have on the website for you in this area. We have several meal plans that are already put together for you. These are what I like to call real food meal plans. So it's whole foods, uh, eliminating some processed food. You can kind of tweak and modify however you need to. If let's say you don't eat dairy, um, we are, we are really, really pretty much gluten free. So the recipes have lots of different modifications that you can make based on your way of eating. But included in each meal plan are, the recipes are going to be on the website, so you'll be able to link to those, but there is a grocery list and there's also a tips section, kind of just giving you tips around what some of the best brands are, how to prepare uh, just certain simple snacks and such. So check those out. I really think that they will be very beneficial in helping you to take the upgrade. So let's talk about our guest today. Her name is Sarah Clark, and I want to tell you a little bit about Sarah. When she was 28 years old, she received a diagnosis of premature ovarian failure. She accepted the diagnosis and had both her children through in vitro fertilization. Years later, she realized that the actual root cause of her infertility was food sensitivity and later a gut infection. She is a certified life coach with accreditation from the International Coaches Federation and a health coach with training from the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. She is also an author of the book called Fabulously Fertile, Supercharge Your Fertility Naturally. Her fertility coaching program, which does include functional lab testing, supports couples to make diet and lifestyle changes that dramatically improve the chances of healthy pregnancy and a healthy baby. She also has a podcast called Get Pregnant Naturally. And on that podcast, she shares that with functional medicine and natural fertility solutions, we can eventually reverse infertility. So I know you're going to really love this episode with Sarah. We did talk a little bit about her journey with fertility, but we talked so much about hormone balance in general and foods that um, 
are great for, um, for fertility, for hormone balance, what some of the causes of uh, hormone imbalance might be, and kind of just where to look and begin things that you can eliminate in your diet to see if they're having any effect on symptoms you may be having. So I, this was just such a really informative interview. I know you're going to love it. So let's jump right in. All right. Well, Sarah, welcome to the podcast. We are so excited to have you on today. And um, I'm really excited to learn more about uh, things that we can do nutrition-wise to help balance our hormones. But before we get into that, would you just tell listeners a little bit about yourself, your background, married, kids, career, just so that they can get to know you a little bit better? Well, and thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, so I have um, two kids. My daughter is about to go off to university way across. So I'm in Canada, just outside of Toronto. She's about to go to Vancouver Islands, all the way across the country, uh, in about a week. Uh, and uh, and my son, we're just this year looking to start homeschooling with him. So I don't know how that's going to go, but he's um, he's going to be 15. So we're going to see, he's like game. He wants to do it. I'm like, okay. And, and we really in Canada, it's, I don't know if it's the same in the States, but they have like for, for high school, they have most of the, of the program of the courses or actually all the courses are online. So he just does them online. We're going to get a tutor. And so that's kind of the, the, the kid thing. Um, I was in HR for like years and years and, um, thought I was happy and loved the whole, career and working with people. And then, um, then I had my own personal wake up call and discovered I was going to bring life coaching into the corporate environment. And then I uh, had my own personal wake up call after this life coaching course. And then I discovered health coaching. And then that's when I um, discovered I had these food sensitivities for me, which I found out it was gluten, dairy, and corn. Um, and then I and then I went on to, and I was doing a, a book writing course. I was going to write a book about weight loss and um, never experienced that problem myself. My issue is infertility. So I ended up writing a book on, I went into this six month book writing course to write the book on weight loss. Three months in, I'm like, what am I doing? That is completely wrong. Um, my thing is infertility. And then three months in, finished the book on that. And then, um, and then went really to focus all my my career on being a fertility coach and helping couples that are struggling just like I did. Wow. Well, I love that. And that just kind of brought up lots of thoughts as you were talking. So you you set out on this one path thinking, well, I can help people in this area. But then you kind of thought, well, you know, it's not something that you personally had struggled with, not that you still couldn't help people in it. But yeah. then you said, oh my gosh, this fertility, this infertility is what I struggle with. So why not share my story and help people? Um, I, I just love that. I think that that's awesome. I think that that's how, um, honestly, we can make the most impact and, and really be the most relatable to other people is when we share our own personal journey, struggles, uh, you know, uh, things that we've overcome. So um, I love that. And then, so you have a book uh, and then you also have a podcast. So not to mention your coaching, but that's, that's how you kind of get the message out and how you help others who are struggling with infertility, right? Yeah, absolutely. So my book, uh, Fabulously Fertile, that's on Amazon, but um, it really kind of talks about the, the, the foundational steps to, to help people that are struggling with infertility, be it diet and lifestyle. And then I started the, uh, the Get Pregnant Naturally podcast, and that just really goes into uh, taking a functional approach. So I've got 
functional doctors on there. We talk about functional medicine, functional nutrition, uh, which is looking at the root cause of why why the, the disease is there in the first place instead of in the conventional side of things where we typically we will name it, we prescribe a pill, whereas in, in, in functional, we're like, wait a minute, let's look at the root cause, see, you know, see why it started. Um, then also we have uh, natural solutions in, on, on the podcast as well as um, the whole mind-body thing, because you can have this perfect diet, and you know we'll talk probably about di uh, the uh, diet on the podcast, this perfect diet, but if you have not got your mental, emotional side of things um, squared away, that's equally as stressful on the body. There's number of different stressors in the body. And so, yeah, on the podcast, we, um, I started it to really spread the message because a lot of times people, when they're struggling with it, with, with infertility, the first step they think the the logical first step they feel is to go straight to the fertility clinic. And that's what I did. But, you know, I had my kids with donor eggs and I was diagnosed with, with the premature ovarian failure when I was 28, told me the only way I would have my own children it, I wouldn't be able to have my own biological children, but I would have them with, with donor eggs. And I, I had these weird, weird symptoms going on. Like I had a, I had chronic, um, well, at that point I had yeast infections. I had a weird fungal rash on my chest. I had irregular periods. Uh, they were heavy in my teens and then they became irregular in my twenties, um, like once or twice a year, kind of irregular. And then I had great skin in my um, early in, in my teens, and then in my early twenties, I started getting acne. Um, and then I and then I wanted to have my kids at twenty eight, so we went to the the um, to see my OBGYN, and that's when I was then I was told I was diagnosed with that. So it's really um, to have people look at this differently because I didn't figure out any of those health issues. And then after I had my daughter, all these health issues got way worse. So I had chronic bladder infections, chronic sinus infections, chronic yeast infections, you know, with the bladder, I was peeing blood with a sinus. I thought it was a great idea to take antibiotics for every cold. Um, it turned into a sinus infection. So I completely destroyed the, you know, my, my, uh, my gut flora. I had dandruff and vertigo. So my, I was still functioning, but my immune system was so destroyed. And then that's when I found that health coaching side of things where I'm like, oh, wait, I took out those, those allergens for me, which are dairy, gluten, and corn, and then all those health issues slowly started to go away, also looking at the, the lifestyle piece of it. So um, having, like I share my story a lot just to have people connect, kind of say, oh, wait, I have some of those issues, especially with, with, with infertility, because it's like we could have this diagnosis, and for me, you know, POF, um, premature ovarian failure, which, and I didn't discover this stuff until I was 40, so I will never know for sure if I could have you know, got pregnant on my own. I was fully in menopause, but I know people that I've helped that this is the case. So um, it's just when we get so focused on that diagnosis, unexplained fibroids, endo, PCOS, you know, low ovarian reserve, and we think, oh, and people will come to me, oh, I have this. And oh, by the way, I have an autoimmune disease. Oh, oh, by the way, I, I've kind of been lactose intolerant my, my whole life. Oh, by the way, all that, that by the way is like, crucial when we look at functional medicine. Yeah. I, I love that you say that because whether, you know, someone's listening right now, but you know, maybe they aren't necessarily struggling with infertility, but maybe they have some of these symptoms that, you know, are causing um, other issues. Maybe, you know, they don't have good gut health or whatever. Maybe, you know, some of the things that they're eating are messing up their hormones or some of the things that they're putting on their body are messing up their hormones. I think that kind of the takeaway from what you just said to everyone listening, or at least for me, 
was listen to your body. Like I think I find, you know, as a, as a medical professional seeing, seeing patients, I see it all the time. And I, and I understand people get desperate. They, they are just in such fear, desperation, creates all this stress, you know, in their body. And they're just coming and just, you know, looking at, at the medical professional saying like, help me, like, this is what's going on. What, figure out what is wrong with me instead of, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I think it has to be coupled and partnered with, okay, what intuitively do I feel is going on in my body? I think a lot of times people, this goes back to the mind body connection you mentioned, are so disconnected from their own body because that's not what we're taught, right? We're traditionally taught, oh, you have a symptom, something's wrong with you, go to the doctor, they'll tell you what's wrong with you, and then they'll give you a pill to fix it, right? But I love the, you know, the functional approach or the integrative medicine approach that, you know, really it's, it's partnering with your provider, knowing it and being intuitive about what you feel is going on in your body and certainly relaying that information to them so that you can kind of figure it out together and get at the root cause, because that's the only way that you're ever really going to heal. So I love, I love that you, that you brought that up. I think everyone can, can learn from that and can relate to that. So, so let's, let's talk, Sarah, I know you're really big on, um, because you struggled with issues in your diet, like you mentioned, but let's talk about, um, whether someone is trying to get pregnant or not, I know so many women that have hormone imbalances. So what are some um, of the things, foods that we can do or, or maybe things that we can do with our diet to help balance those hormones? I think that people would, are real, would really be interested to learn <laughs> what can we do. Yeah, I think a lot of times we, we come to the diet piece last um, especially with people with infertility, like they'll, they'll we'll focus a lot on mindfulness and we'll kind of go into the, the mind body thing, but we may not dig into the diet piece. There's a whole societal cultural thing around what we eat and when we're, you know, eating with others. So the diet piece, like for me, the diet piece was like, I got it and I really nailed it in. It came fairly, not easy, but I was able to maintain it. Whereas a lot of people I coach stuff, it's, it's, it's a struggle. Um, and so this approach that we take with infertility, you can take this approach with like anything. It's, it's a functional approach, but we obviously, we specialize in infertility, but with, from a hormone side of things, so we look at it, there's, there's these, these stressors in the body. So, um, one of the stressors could be a food sensitivity and everyone that comes to me will say, I don't have a food sensitivity. I eat clean and I'm fine. And everyone that we work with has a food sensitivity. So, um, and this is, you know, this is a population that I work with. They're not a sick population. They're a population that wants to have a baby. So, um, they're a very motivated population. Um, so there's the food sensitivity and we will start with on, uh, so I'm just going to go through the stressors first. So the food sensitivity is a stressor on the body, a gut infection, which you find a lot of people that have gut infections, parasites, um, bacterial infections, fungal infections. So we, so we do a stool test for that one. Uh, environmental toxins are a stressor on the body. Be it your personal care products, your, your cleaning chemicals, your um, the the water that you're drinking that's full of toxins. Your um, your we're in the middle of a, ho- a huge food experiment with with um, um, you know gl- uh, glyphosate being sprayed on our food, uh, which is a herbicide connected to infertility and other diseases. So environmental toxins are huge. The mental emotional side of thing is very important. Looking at mindfulness, getting honest about your stressors. I speak with a lot of people that are in these like 
really like high, um, like they're highly educated. They're in really, you know, big careers and they're super busy and they're super stressed out and they're working, you know, 55 plus hours a, a week and then they're trying to have a baby. And where does the baby fit into your life if you are like burning the candle at both ends? So that mental emotional side of things is equally as important as this diet. And then the last one we know is a structural stressor. So maybe you have a pinched nerve or something out of alignment in your body and people don't think about it. So those are the stressors. And then back to the, to the food side of things. So we always start people off with an elimination diet. So it's sort of the gold standard to figure out how food impacts your body. And um, we start out by taking out the top allergens, which are dairy, gluten, soy, corn, peanuts, and eggs. We take those out for 10 days. And anyone can do anything for 10 days. And I really think everyone should do an elimination diet. And if you're trying to conceive, do it with your partner. Uh, you, can both, you can both benefit and really see how food will impact your body. We also include processed sugar in there, but you can still have maple, um, a maple syrup or honey. Um, but th th those are the top allergens. We take those out for 10 days and we systematically reintroduce them. So the reintroduction period is the most important thing. It's not about like taking that stuff out for 10 days and then having a pizza at the end of it. It's like, oh wait. And this is not about starvation. You're not having green juice. You're not like on a fast. This is, you're, if you, if basically, if you're, but for, the, for those 10 days, you can really just have lean protein, vegetables and like a carb, be it a, be it a, um, a quinoa, a rice or a potato. Like so it's, it's super easy or like I have a whole plan, but, but that, that's like super easy. When you bring back in the food, um, it's it, so you, I've got people bring back in corn. It can flare up their asthma, bring back in dairy. They can feel phlegmy, bring back in gluten. They can have digestive issues. It's different for everyone. So it's really clue into how you feel. And then we tweak it even further by doing, uh, while we're waiting for the results of the, of the elimination diet, we have people do a, a food sensitivity test. And we look at the LEAP MRT, it looks at 200 foods and food chemicals. So foods in the yellow, you keep out for uh, 60 days, foods in the red, you keep out for 90. So that just tweaks it uh, even further. Um, and, and sometimes people are like, oh, I've done a food sensitivity test, but maybe it came back that there was a whole bunch of foods that they were intolerant to, which then could be an indicator that you potentially you have intestinal permeability or leaky gut. So the, your body starts mounting an immune response to your favorite foods, and you look at that that sheet, and you're like, "Are you kidding me? I can't eat all my favorite stuff," and it's 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 overwhelming, and people could give up. So that's why it's important to do both together. So you're like, "Oh, when I have gluten, it makes my digestion go off, or when I have gluten, I feel like super cranky, or when I have dairy, I just feel like you know my sinuses fill up, or oh wait, it gives me some pimples." Like it's different for everyone. So those are the two things we like really dial in. And then that, those, we, and we, with, with the hormone part, part of this, we look at testing, we look at, look at the Dutch test, really see what your hormone levels are doing. Cause we can pontificate all day long, you know, if you have high or low estrogen or progesterone, things like that. So let's look at the, the test. It's a dried urine test and see exactly what your hormones are doing. Oh, I love that. And I, I was just thinking as you were speaking about the elimination and the, the foods that are, you know, the people have the most sensitivity to or like the most common things. Mm -hmm. so do you find that, um, do you ever eliminate grains? I'm just curious, like is grains one of your, or you don't really find that that's one of the top ones? So, so we take it even further. So if anyone has an autoimmune disease, typically the best protocol would be to do an autoimmune protocol. And there's actually a number of studies. We had um, uh, Angie Alt from Autoimmune Wellness. She conducted a medical study with people that have irritable bowel disease, and uh, she had 
think there's like 18 people in her study. Um, it was a six week study and they'd had IBD. So colitis or Crohn's for like year 18, like 18 plus years, like long amount of time. And then within with like 75% of them went, in, went into remission when they did the autoimmune protocol, which, which is basically that's, t- that's taking out nightshades and taking out grains and going even further. Um, so an autoimmune disease, especially with infertility, there's things we can do, but we start with the elimination diet, see how you feel. Cause doing the auto, the, the AIP diet could be like way too hardcore for people. Um, but then as you get that piece, then you can then layer in the AIP and we've had people get pregnant by, you know, by doing those, those, those steps. Um, but yeah, grains can be, you know, problematic for some people. I'm fine with them. I, I don't, I, as I was transitioning to this, I probably had more of the gluten-free, um, stuff like cookie, like, cause you can go down a, a gluten-free junk aisle, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, if it's naturally gluten-free, like clean quinoa or a potato or a, or, a, you know, a rice, things like that, that are naturally gluten-free are good. But if you're down in that gluten-free aisle, cause it's right now we're in the middle of a craze and market, the marketers have taken over and, yeah, it could be full of sugar and all sorts of other junk. Yes. I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up because um, the, I was just saying this to somebody the other day, just because something says gluten-free, especially if it's in a package, doesn't mean it's healthy. And often it's not. You got to look, you, you know, you have to be an investigator. You have to really look at the nutrition labels to know because you know, the industry just tries to trick us. They just want us to be addicted. They put sugar in everything. They want us to be addicted to the food so that we go buy more and more and more, which is which is really sad, but um, I was just thinking that the the your elimination what um, plan was really along the lines of whole thirty, um, other than the grains and maybe um, the legumes. You know, I, which I did. I mean, I love the whole thirty. We do it a couple times a year. It's helped me a lot to figure out like what um, works with my body best. And I think that what I want to encourage people, you know, as they're listening to this, if you have, like, if you don't feel amazing, (laughs) like every day, like if you don't have energy, if, you know, if you have gut issues, if you have brain fog, I mean, any, those are just, you know, probably a lot of the common things that I, that I hear, then try an elimination diet, like Sarah mentioned, because often and really almost almost every single thing that we have going on in our body can be healed with food. If we can, you know, with proper nutrition, if we will, if, if we will take the time to do that, because this is what I think happens. People look around, look left and look right so many times and say, well, this worked for Susie. Oh my gosh, I'm going to eat this way because she lost 10 pounds and this is what I want to do. So that must be right for me. Or, you know, this is what Janet did and I'm going to go this route. And then when that, you know, the, the same eat way of eating doesn't work for you, then people get really discouraged and they're like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with me? So really just testing out different healthy ways of eating and starting with an elimination diet, figuring out what is right for you, for your body chemistry, for your body makeup, I think is just, I mean, I can't say that enough because I see it, you know, all the time and I'm still on that, like, oh, let me, you know, I, I don't feel like I can eat a lot of legumes, but I can eat a little bit and, and be okay. So then, you know, I'll, I'll kind of be, I'm still testing 
things out, you know, with my own body. I think it's kind of a, you know, almost a lifelong um, process. But but I do have a question for you, um, Sarah. As you were talking about, uh, you know, having food sensitivities, um, I was talking to a um, functional dietitian at one time, and she she had said, you know, you mentioned leaky gut and or you know intestinal permeability, and so she had told me, I think, I don't want to get this wrong, so that's why I'm asking you, <laughs> um, that, you know, if you have food sensitivities and maybe even you have a lot of them, it doesn't mean that you'll never be able to eat those foods. It's that there is a gut issue that probably need, you know, probably a gut issue that needs to be healed first, and then you may be able to go back to eating those foods. Is that, is that accurate? Absolutely. So it's a snapshot in time when you get that, that food sensitivity test back and also how you're feeling. Unless you're like, there's something on the food sensitivity that's on a high red. Um, so if you come back with, if you on, on the leap MRT, if you're, in, if you're sensitive to gluten, because typically the leap MRT is not even, not even the best place to, to, to look at a gluten sensitivity. So if it is high on there, some of these things you may need to take out permanently. Um, the best place so a lot of times people think with gluten, um, if they've gone and got a test with um, their conventional doctor for celiac, um, that will only test for one protein in wheat, um, which there's over 75. So a lot of times you get a false negatives. So they're like, I don't have celiac disease. And I'm fine. But it's to really see how does gluten make you feel. So I don't have celiac disease. But for me, I have non-celiac gluten sensitivity. When I have gluten, I do not feel good. So there's, there's that piece. We will dig into the gluten piece. We do, a, we do the GI map, which is a stool test, and that will look at there's um, a, a marker for, for anti-gliadin, and that will tell you if that's high, then you have a, a, um, a gluten sensitivity. We see this a lot with our, our couples that we work with, and if, it's, it, if you have a gluten sensitivity, it's a high gluten sensitivity, we recommend the whole house go gluten-free because if your partner's out there eating bread, coming home and giving you a kiss and there's crumbs on your lips, that would then, you know, you, that could then cause a reaction and, and could be months for your, for your body to, to heal. So um, the best test we like for gluten would be the wheat zoomer, and that looks at 26 proteins in, in gluten. Um, so that's the, the gluten side of it. But yeah, really a lot of the times people will get this test and, um, especially if they've had some for myself, I was on those antibiotics, which destroyed my gut health. I was on long-term, uh, birth control after I had my daughter. They're like, Oh, you have, um, even before that I had regular periods. First line of defense was going on birth control. So that destroy that destroys your, so that impacts your body's ability to, um, absorb nutrients as well as impacts your, your gut health, predisposing you to those food sensitivities and gut and, and um, um, gut infections. So as you clear up those gut infections, that's why the, the food step, the food side of things is the first piece. But if you're, if you're not better after making those, 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 those um, dietary changes, like the gut testing is crucial. Looking at that, that GI map is what we look at and looking, we found people with multiple parasites uh, bacterial infections and fungal infections, H. pylori, and you, you know, you name it. Um, and you don't need to be outside of the states or Canada to get these. You can get them right in North America. Um, mm -hmm. So it is to kind of dig dig into that. So if you've been on long term birth control, if you've had antibiotics, if you've had a high stress, there's a number of different fa factors which then predispose you to a to intestinal permeability or leaky gut. But and as you heal that, then you can start to bring these foods back in. And I've had it for a while where I like I got a food sensitivity test, 
there was like every single favorite food that I had was, was like, you can't eat it. And I'm like, avocados, what am I going to do? And then as I started to heal, I can bring them back in. And some of them for me, like I don't do dairy, gluten, or corn. Mm-hmm. I love that. So I think really um, kind of the biggest takeaway just to kind of summarize for people is be in tune to what your body is telling you. Be open to trying different ways of eating. So eliminating things, seeing how you feel. Um, and then, you know, if, if you've done some of the elimination and, you know, maybe you're feeling better and you kind of under now understand, well, um, you know, dairy doesn't agree with me, but you're still not you know, there and you're still not feeling great, then think about having some of the GI testing, the GI mapping done. I, I've done the GI mapping and I was like shocked at all of the things that was wrong with me. I mean, like to be, I mean, yeah, you know, you think I was having a conversation with, um, one of my friends who, uh, is, is, you know, super healthy. I mean, eats everything organic. I mean, just like really, really healthy. And she's, I mean, she just like, she had the same thing. She, she took the test and she had like all kinds of stuff wrong with her. And she called me and because, you know, it's, you think you're doing all these things right, but some of the things that we're exposed to, we just can't, I mean, there's, you can't do anything about that. You know I mean? It's just the world we live in. And she was just broke down. She was crying. She was like, I'm like the healthiest person I know. What, you know, I can't believe this. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's so I guess my point is if you do all of that, and you're still having issues, then definitely have some of the testing. And this is not testing that traditional medicine, traditional doctors do. So, I mean, you know, you do have to go um, to a functional provider to um, have this testing, but it's so, so worth it. I'm so, so glad I did it um, and really made a big difference in the chronic gut issues um, that I've had, despite all the things that I was doing right. Uh, if I didn't get rid of, you know, the the uh, infections and things that were going on in my stomach, then, you know, I wouldn't get to the point where I'm, you know, having, you know, normal, my my gut's more normal, (laughs) so to speak, you know? So Sarah, this is like such great information. I do want to ask you a few um, questions as we wrap up. Uh, so our podcast is called Take the Upgrade, and uh, we we are really just about making those small changes every single day. Like, what areas can you make a small upgrade in to get you to your goals? So if I asked you, what does Take the Upgrade mean to you, what would you say? Yeah, I think for me, it's, it is, it is, I'm all about as a coach, I'm a life coach and a health coach. So it is all about making those changes and I'm like a big doer. So, um, it is to just take a small step and figure out, you know, what works for you. And for sometimes for people, it's the, the gateway could be meditation. Sometimes it's the diet. So figure out what, what gateway, some, some people it's just like, Oh, I'm going to nail in my sleep. Um, for me, it was the, it was the diet. Like when I found the diet piece, I'm like, are you kidding me? How come no one told me, how come I had to take antibiotics and birth control pills and all this stuff. So for me, the upgrade was like, Oh wait, it's diet. Like diet is key. And when I started changing that and switching down, you know, hundred percent organic and, um, and I, all these, all, all my life I was craving like really good food. Cause I grew up with my parents were, um, you know, vegetarian and they turned vegan. So I was exposed to like really good quality food and I was always craving it. And then I was eating, my plate was all brown. I'm like, what is this? Um, 
so the food for me was the gateway. So whatever the gateway is for you for the, for the, to, you know, to get into this side of things. Yeah, I love that. And that'll, like you said, that'll be different for everyone. I do think, you know, food is, is one of the top things to look at, but like you said, what, because what I've found and, and you probably see this too, even um, in your clients is when you take an upgrade in one area and then you have a win and it gives you so much confidence and you're like, oh my gosh, I can do this. What else could I do? What else could I implement? What other upgrade could I take to get me to my big goal, whatever that is, or to just make me feel even more amazing every day? Like, you know, so I think it just, you know, action breeds confidence really once you, once you start um, down that path. So I love that. What are some, obviously you live a healthy lifestyle. So what are some uh, daily upgrades, like non-negotiables for you? What are some things that you're like, it doesn't matter what's happening today. I'm doing X, Y, and Z. Well, I always have breakfast, um, which I haven't had yet, but I'll be having this after. Uh, so for me, it's like the meals. I need to have like three meals a day and probably a snack in there as well. And, and I normally, and I like to like sit down and enjoy my meal. Um, you know, in the past, probably I didn't necessarily eat in the car, but I, like I've, I've, I don't like to eat on the run. I like to just eat and enjoy my meal. I do tend to eat a little quickly, uh, but I try to work on chewing and really, really enjoying it and eating like awesome food. So for me, that's like non-negotiable. I eat awesome food and sit down. Um, and then also for me, the meditation piece of it. So really meditating, um, getting quiet. I, 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 that's weird. I lie on this, like this foam roller now and I like lie there for like I don't know, five minutes or so. And then I roll off of that and finish meditation. So it's maybe 15 or 20 minutes of meditation and just like getting quiet. I use, um, heart math. It's, um, it's a little tracker that'll track your, the, the heart rate variability. So you sometimes you can see where I've, if I wasn't really into the belly breathing or I was like totally stuck in my mind, you can see where I was, I was off. So that a uh, heart math is a really good, um, tracker for while you're meditating. I do that. Some people use the aura ring, which is good too. Um, looking at your heart rate variability. So yeah, meditation and food. And, and for me, walking the dog twice a day, I like doing that. Oh, that I love that. And I just wrote that down. I'm glad that you shared um, that because I, I'm trying to incorporate more meditation. That's one of my goals. And, um, and, and I've been doing pretty good with it. I, I'm trying to make it a daily habit. So I feel like if I can anchor it to another habit that I already have, that makes it easier. So I'm doing it like after exercise because that's one of my non-negotiables. I exercise every day. And so if I can do a 10 minute meditation afterwards, you know, and make that a habit, then, you know, I've, I've created that healthy habit. But I love that you said that you use the foam roller during uh, your meditation because not too long ago, I got a foam roller and I'm not using it as much as I want to. I'm not taking the time to stop and use it. So oh, that's awesome. I'm going to use it during meditation. No, I love no. it. <laughs> so thank you um, um, for sharing that tip. And this has just been great. I think that people are going to really um, gain a lot of value out of, out of what you um, shared today with the elimination and symptoms to look for and just really being intuitive and listening to your body and figuring out what's going on with your body. So um, as we wrap up, Sarah, will you tell everyone, and we'll link to this in the show notes, but will you tell everyone where they can find you, how they can connect with you? Um, because I know that they, they want to hear more. 
Awesome. So they can find me on the Get Pregnant Naturally podcast. It's on iTunes and Spotify. I also have a, a free gift if you can do the, it's a, it's a fertility diet challenge. So you can go to fertility diet freebie and uh, you can do that with your partner. And really it's got all um, recipes that are designed by a chef at the, um, the natural gourmet in New York city. Although I think that now has changed a little bit their, their ownership, but they've, it was like the first, first um, natural chef um, inspired uh, training in the, in North America. Um, anyway, so it was developed by a chef from there. And so it's just really foods that are, don't, don't have the top allergens. So you can do that at fertility diet freebie. And uh, yeah, that's probably the best way to, to, to find me. Awesome. Well, I love that. So um, even I'm going to definitely check that out and and share it with um, with people that I work with, because even if you're not necessarily trying to get pregnant, this food elimination is huge for all, you know, for all of the symptoms that I hear people, you know, talking about and that, that they're having. So I love that. Thank you um, for sharing that. And thank you again for being on today. This is a lot of fun. Thank you for spending time with us today. For free resources and materials, head over to anaturalshift.com and make sure to follow us on social media. You'll find those links in the show notes. It would mean so much to us if you would leave a review and tell us what you'd like to hear more of. Share this episode with someone that you know would love it. This is how we can get our message out to more people. And until next time, don't forget to take the upgrade in some small way today.